Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Jack Panda, and I bring you episode 160 of Jack Panda Speaks. For those of you that are new, this is an unedited, raw flow of thoughts and feelings, and it's at your own risk that you embrace the unknown with me here today. The run was grounding. The swim was cleansing. The chai was sweet. Thank you, Carl. A dear friend of mine left left us yesterday. We buried him at the depths of the ocean with such a beautiful, beautiful ceremony and just, yeah, I've never witnessed anything like it really. I've never seen a burial at sea and to see a human being pass that was so passionate about the sea, about free diving, about swimming, about going out on his boat. He always used to tell me that he would find peace at sea and now he's at the depths of of the ocean and he'll always be part of us or a part of every swim. Um, So yeah, yesterday was a very, very emotional day. There's so many people that, you know, there was there was the main boat um, which was carrying Carl in the coffin and then there must have been another 15 boats following that one one of them ours um, to just bear witness and honour this beautiful human being that leaves us that leaves this physical experience and him leaving just it just makes the whole life experience seem so surreal you know I mean it is surreal it, it becomes real when it's mundane and you know but when someone leaves like this it just puts it's like a reality check you know it's puts it puts things into perspective it shows it it shows you who's in charge it's like, okay, life, you know, ah, sorry, I just sat on a stone, that really hurt, went up my bum bum, oh, it really, um, you know, the universe gives life and takes life as it sees fit, and we'll never be ready to lose someone, you know, but there's, there's, there's a peace that comes with Carl's death, because I really felt, I really feel, or from what I knew of him, that he had found peace on the physical plane. Like he, I'm sure we never had the conversation, but this idea about being ready to die, not because you want to die, but because you have no desires left on this physical plane. You're at peace, you're satisfied, you live the day by day, you live in simplicity, and you appreciate it, and you're grateful for everything, but you're not attached to it. And I really feel that he was a human in that space. So the sadness, I think, comes more from a place of selfishness. Of like, okay, I'm not going to be able to go running with him anymore. I'm not going to be able to spend time with him anymore. Hear his jokes anymore. Um, his wisdom, have our, have our conversations. You know, so there's a selfishness there. And then I see his mother, who was broken yesterday, you know, and his partner, Alex. And it's like, I've, there's more sadness for the people that are left here than for him, you know. 
because I really, I really see him as a fulfilled human being with no attachment to this physical plane and was ready to die anytime, you know. And he's at peace, he's at the depths of the ocean. Um, wow, that ferry's going sidewards, man. Sorry, I was just watching a ferry leave the port and it looked like it's going sideways. Anyway. So I just came for a run this morning. I've set up this group, running with Carl every Sunday. Just, uh, yeah. One thing I felt during the run was that the sadness or the grief can fuel, you know, we can redirect it, whether it's pain or grief or sadness. Can It can fuel something else. When you look at Wim Hof, this, that, that Dutch guy that lost his partner, and then he became the Iceman, you know, because his pain was so, so severe that it drove him down a path of, you know, ice. It put him in touch with ice and it took him on this journey. So he, it's like he redirected that pain in a different direction, you know, and it took him on this journey. So it like catalyzed, and I could just really feel that when I was running, it's like, it like the grief or the sadness was, was fueling the run. And it's so beautiful, man. So beautiful. <sighs> what does it mean to be ready to die? And I haven't thought about this idea or said it to anyone recently, but I remember when I was traveling as a nomad and living day by day. And I still feel the same now, even though now I have a bit more of a foundation, stability, relationship, a business, and I have a bit more of a direction, let's say, and goals although I, I don't know where I'm going but I'm going somewhere it's like I'm on I'm on I'm on track towards somewhere you know I'm more grounded now but I still feel that there's this detachment as well you know like this readiness to die like if I died tomorrow again there would be more sadness for those that would grieve me like they're grieving Carl um, rather than me feeling sad about it. Like, I feel like I, I've experienced the full spectrum of the physical plane. And maybe I haven't experienced the full spectrum, but I've experienced to such an extent that I feel at peace. I think you reach a point where you experience so many different things that rather than continuing to explore and experience outside, you just turn inwards and then you find that nothingness that I was talking about yesterday. And in that nothingness, <laughs> it's like the ultimate destination. The ultimate destination. Nothingness. Where you find everything at once. Yeah. So I think coming to terms with death it's another thing you know in today's world we we hide death you know death is not a thing that you know especially with the big vegan movement it's like we even reject death you know we don't want to see death anywhere it's, it's a bad thing it's you know and, and, and the paradox is that without the experience of death we don't feel alive because when the, in the presence of death 
appreciation and gratitude rise, rise to the surface. That puts things into perspective, man. You know, it's the yin and the yang. If you don't, if you don't have the yin, and all you do is experience yang, living, living, living. There's, there's no contrast. You know. Whereas before, I think, maybe a, a century ago or a few decades ago, death was more present in our lives. today's world of fragility and comfort and avoidance of death there's this this numbness there's this lack of aliveness because of the lack of death in our lives and Karl passing was just a, a prime example of, of what death does for people you know as much as it's sad it's beautiful as much as beautiful it's sad it's gonna catalyze death catalyzes it it fuels new beginnings it, it shifts and transforms people forever you know Carl touched so many lives and I think all of them seeds that he planted during the 34 years of his life they just sprouted with his passing, he gave life to them seeds. Isn't that fucking paradoxical and beyond surreal? <laughs> but he just gave life to them seeds. A lot of them seeds are gonna germinate now. It's like the mushrooms, they 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 thrive and grow from death like dead dead trees. They grow on dead trees. It's this yin-yang, man. Life and death. Death and life. So I'll leave you with that. Ponder death. Maybe take a walk in a graveyard. Go to a slaughterhouse. Go to a place where you can be a witness of death. And see, see, see what feelings arise. What, what ideas in your mind change catalyzes really just just a visit to a farm or to a slaughterhouse can, can be catalyzing enough now i'll speak to you again tomorrow